Welcome, listeners, to what is sadly going to be the last recording of Aliens Explored, at least for the time being. We prefer to think of it as a short sabbatical, or in Netflix terms, a mid-season break. This is a busy time of year for both of us, and Stu and I are feeling the strain a bit, so we will revisit this decision early in 2023. In the meantime, enjoy this more general discussion of the various phenomena and the ground we have covered over the previous 115 episodes. Many thanks to all of our Explorers of the Week, past and present, who have supported us through our Patreon. Dean Andwani, Israel, Jonathan Perna, Toby Foams and Vanessa Kim. You guys rock and have played a big part in making all of this possible. Enjoy the episode and we hope to be back with you soon. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Welcome back for the final time for the future listeners to Aliens Explored, which is being your weekly podcast looking at... UFOs, UAPs, extraterrestrial visitations, reverse engineered technology, the people involved, and so much more besides. I am one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. And I am one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. Um, I prefer to think of this as um, not the end for the foreseeable future, but the end of season one kind of episode. Um, um, well, we're into season three currently. Are we? So this is end of season <laughs> yeah. three. And then, and, and don't they have a mid a mid season break? I mean, that's a thing some, on Netflix now. Some isn't it? things do. Some things do. And certainly last year, uh, we took December off. Um, so, but was yeah, there was there actually a was there actually a break in episodes though? Because I think we had a yes. few in hand. Okay. Yes, there was. There was, because um, okay. you and I, we got really busy during December, and uh, we hadn't built up enough of a, a stock. So yeah, last year, yeah, no episodes in December. Um, no, it's so probably went off to be. But, um, yeah. but of course, there'll be no episodes. Uh, when does this one go out? This one goes out 4th of November. So yeah, most of November, there won't be episodes. We can pretty much guarantee there won't be any episodes December. Um mm. So uh, I think it's safe to say we're hoping to come back early next year, but yeah, it's difficult I, to I, put a date on it at the moment, isn't it, it? It's difficult to predict, yeah, just with, with one thing and another and this and that and et cetera. Yes, yes. And, and of course, because, well, I know, speaking selfishly, I know I'm going to be massively busy during December. Uh, mm. And, of course, it takes time from us actually – arranging to, to, to do a recording like this, getting that in the diary. And then, of mm. course, it needs to be edited and planned out in advance. And um, so, yeah, so there's there's always a delay between the actual recording and it coming out anyway. Mm. So, um, so, yeah, so, we're, yeah, we're hoping we'll be back in t- 2023. Jesus. Yeah, which is 2023. Only a couple of months away. But the world might That's change terrifying. by then. That is terrifying. Don't you, don't yeah, you get yeah, used, to, so. used to this new numerical sequence of years? I thought you'd be ready for it. Does it just know, sound it just, futuristic? Does it sound like the future, sci-fi? It, 
It really does. I remember when I was a, a young kid, I, I must have been about eight, nine years old, and, and I remember this really vividly. I don't have many memories from my youth, mm. but uh, this one really stuck with me. I was playing with my Meccano set at the mm. time, and I worked out how old I would be in the year 2000, because like mm. the year 2000, that was like, a long, long way away. I thought I'd be 27 years old. And of course, at eight, nine years old, that's like old man territory. Yeah, I, I had a, a similar thing. I used to read um, a comic called TV 21, mm-hmm. which was mainly the adventures of Jerry Anderson's characters, Thunderbird, Stingray, Fireball XL5, Captain Scarlet. And I remember there was one story that in the opening caption, it said the year 2067. I thought, oh God, how am I, will I still be alive then in 2067? And I was, I was sat down to calculate, and, and then I suddenly thought, oh, wait, no, this is the year 1967. So they just set this exactly 100 years <laughs> in the future. So I will be, what am, what am I now? I'm eight years old. I'll be 108. Will I still be alive or will I, will I still be active? And I thought the answer. And I felt quite sad thinking that, no, I probably won't when all this Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet stuff is happening, I'll be either dead or a very old man. Well, who knows what technology might be available in the next 20-odd, 40-odd years even. Yeah? Yeah, who knows? Well, I hope it's more within 20-odd years, because, you know, (laughs) I can't borrow time and everything. (laughs) I'm in in my 60s. Well, that's the thing. I, I can't wrap my head around being I, I turn so I turned 50 early next year mm. I can't get my head around that mm. I can't get my head around anyway this is not this is just really off have we got a topic I mean <laughs> this is our this well, is our end, end of season or mid-season um break <laughs> sort of Temporary finale, see how it goes, kind of thing. See, see what happens. Sabbatical. Let's oh, sabbat- sabbatical. Oh, sabbatical. And um, um, well, we don't have a specific topic um, like we normally would have. This is more. I mean, we've done retrospectives, like you know, when we've we've yeah. um, reached the year point and the two year point and things like that. This is more of a, a wrap up. Um, mm. A thank you, I suppose, uh, to our listeners, mm. um, and uh, a reflection—a reflection on where we are so far. Because we've never taken—I mean, it's going to be at least we've never taken break. stock. <laughs> well, we, we've never taken this long off since mm. we've started. Um, this is going to be at least a two-month break. So. Mm. Um, Possibly longer, we don't know. Um, just one bit of housekeeping uh, for our, our Patreon patrons uh, who might be wondering. The Patreon will be put on hold. I mean, by the time this episode's out, it will already be on hold. So I'm going to make sure there's no payments that come out for November because uh, mm. that would be really unfair um, on our patrons. I think, you know, if we yeah. take a payment for the whole of November and you get one episode and we don't actually cover any topics yeah. in that anyway. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So I, no think, I think we should be offering this as a free one, shouldn't we? For one and all. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, it's free anyway to anyone mm. who wants to listen to it. Um, but, yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Uh yeah, I, th- I think just a, a, a time for reflection, really. I mean, when we look back, obviously, we I think we mentioned this um, in the last couple of episodes uh, about when we started doing this. It was really just a fun little thing to do during lockdown, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. And we but really we did have, have nothing else on. We really, time did hang heavily on our hands. <laughs> we certainly seem to have a lot more time than we have. Yeah, now, and, and I, I, um, I think our, I think our perspectives have changed. Well, certainly, certainly mine have. It's been a bit of a, a journey for me. I mean, I started out 
yeah, I'm in the role of the skeptic. The oh, well, could it? Yeah, whatever story you came up with, I'd be the one saying, yeah, well, couldn't it be this or couldn't it be that or whatever? And anyway, I don't believe you. Um, and then when I started reading into you know, the 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 the, um, the professional debunkers who would always turn up whenever anything was claimed has, had happened. I thought, yeah, I don't really want to mix with those people. These, these, people, are, <laughs> these, these people are dicks. Um, you've got to take a, a more open-minded and sophisticated, I try and, try and think of it as a sophisticated approach, but not to just say, oh, well, no, I didn't see it. I don't believe you. It's all bollocks. It's all nonsense. Um, there obviously is something to it. Um, I've been forced to think more about the our own insubstantiality of existence, that how much of what our world is is imaginary and uh, how much of it is, is uh, what we what we see as solid and real is really just energy vibrating at a certain frequency and change the frequency, you've got a different reality, that sort of thing. The, the, the possibility that people, we all travel through dimensions, we all travel through time as life goes on. We know that, you know, from, we've learned from Stephen Hawking, time isn't linear. So it is all kind of mixed up together. We, we can only perceive it in a linear way and um, have to be open to the possibility that there are beings that can maybe will, at will jump through dimensions and maybe always have been. And that what we see as extraterrestrials is maybe informed by our own cultural references that hundreds of years ago we would have seen hobgoblins and fairies i think and now we're seeing we're, we're predisposed to see people from other planets mm. so i've had to think of it more in those terms i think I think where you and i part ways is i don't think there's any kind of secret government agency that knows all about this and has met them and is getting us ready to meet them or i, I don't I, I think thinking about secret government conspiracies um, governments that are acting behind the scenes um, without the knowledge of our supposedly elected leaders, that's that's getting into dangerous conspiracy theory. You know, you're right there with QAnon on, and on that. You're on that, the same page as them in that respect, I think. But anyway, that's that's what, what I've come to think about it. That's I'm, how my views have changed. Yeah, that's... Well, thank you for sharing that. That's that's really interesting to hear. Um, so going back to, yeah, when you say you played the role as, I mean, to be fair, when mm. we started, you were very sceptical. I mean, that's one of yeah. the reasons I, yeah, I, I was. you and I would be good for, for the doing this. Yeah, I, I tended to think that you know, the people who came up with you know, claims of, of alien abduction and such um, were people who were obsessed with... with um, ufos anyway and so oh yeah of course you know the the you know these these people are, aren't, aren't reliable witnesses well i mean i think it is absolutely fair to say that um there are many of us out there who who are the the believers the the mm. the, the, the conspiracy theorists i suppose you might say um, the people who are convinced that we are being visited uh, by mm. extraterrestrial beings or, or extra dimensional beings or, or whatever we're being or, or have visited even been by something <laughs> taken over by something and we're being uh, farmed as, as food or slaves or batteries or, or whatever. But um, many of us do go a little bit far down the rabbit hole mm. <laughs> we did go quite a long way down that rabbit hole yeah. so uh i mean i would say you know as a as a thank you to you neil mm. um for for I, I won't say for being the skeptic but for being the voice of reason well, sometimes, sometimes I felt that we kind of switch roles in that respect, and you're you're kind of reining me in once I once I go off on on, on some flight of fancy. But in terms of, in terms of secret government conspiracy and whatever, I know a lot of our listeners are based in the USA, and you've got your midterm elections coming up in November. I will make a prediction. 
and uh, tell me if, if this comes true or not. But I, I 100% believe that it will come true. Let me tell you that whatever the result of the midterm elections, Donald Trump will claim they were fraudulent. Yeah, I think that's a fair safe bet. Who wants to take a bet on that? <laughs> Who wants to bet me a hundred bucks he won't? Uh, I'll, I'm not taking that one <laughs> at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a fairly safe prediction. That's like that's like predicting that at some point in the UK it will rain. Yes. <laughs> the sun will come up tomorrow, whether you see it or not. I mean, given, that Donald, dollar. given that Donald Trump claimed that the 2016 election that he won was rigged, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's a fairly safe bet. Okay, but, uh, sorry, um, suddenly, it's only gone a bit political there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's not like us at all. <laughs> <laughs> Secret governments and things. I mean, I know I mean, in his last days as... President of the United States, although he claims he still is President of the United States, but um, in the last days when the Democrats would acknowledge that Donald Trump was still President of the United States, he started talking about something called Space Force. And there were some commentators that claimed that actually, um, was it, was it, was it, was it a General Moshe um, Eshed, the Israeli general? Hayam Eshed. Hayam Eshed. And claim, oh yeah, we're going to join the Galactic Federation, where and, and I've heard that from others as well. But I think no, what he was talking about was that we are we are developing a capability to attack planets on on planet t- attack targets on planet Earth from space from very very high altitude from platforms that that can't easily be intercepted. Yes, yes. And indeed, uh, if our listeners want to go back, way back, um, I just had had to look where this was uh, in the, I've got the list of all our episodes up in front of me. It's way back in episode 25, we discussed Hayameshed. Wow. Now, I haven't heard anything about Space Force since the 2020 general election in the United States. So is, is this something that just died with Donald Trump or is it something going quietly on in the background or or whatever? Well, I'm going to go a little bit down the conspiracy uh, theory rabbit hole here because mm. I've got a theory about this. This is my own theory. Um, mm. This is not, uh, not one lifted from somewhere else. But you're right, it's not been talked about at all. And it was shortly after um, the announcement, there was a TV series that came out called Space Force. Yeah. Uh, and it was, um, oh, what's his name from The Office? Um, Steve Carroll. Was it Steve Carroll? Steve, Steve Carroll, yes, Steve Carroll. Um, mm. And uh, Tony Newsom's in it as well, who plays Ensign Mariner in Star Trek Lower Decks. Mm. Um, Got to get the Star Trek reference in there. Of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now, do you remember, so so I'm going to go a little bit off tangent here, but but it, it is part of the whole thing, honestly. Do you remember there was a really bizarre interview with Boris Johnson Um where he talks about building London buses as a hobby out of wooden crates. Yes, I remember that. Right. Now, the reason he did that, I mean, it was stupid and it was wacky. And I'll tell you what, listeners, if you're not familiar with this, you Mm. search that out on YouTube. It's a really bizarre interview. And it's, it's like he's on something. Um, the way mm. he talks about this, it's really bizarre. Um, now, there is a strong theory going about that the reason he did that is so that when you put in Boris Johnson bus in Google. into Google, that's what you come up with, not the big lie about 350 million pounds a week to the Brexit. EU that we would give to the NHS instead. Yeah, yeah which was 
a fucking lie. Actually, right. it was a but series anyway. of lies, wasn't it? That the amount of money oh, that we give to the so that lies. we that we pay to the EU isn't three hundred and fifty million. There was never any intention to divert divert any of that money, let alone three hundred and fifty million, to the NHS. Um, yeah, it was a lie on so many. In fact, they didn't say we will give it to the NHS instead. It just said um, we pay three hundred and fifty million a week to the EU. Why not give it to the NHS instead? Mm. Which is and a, a question, not a promise. Although the the amount was off, it's not. Mm. It was never three hundred and fifty million a week. The amount that we gave to the EU, we actually always got back more. Yeah. In terms of other things like arts council funding, which the government promised they would replace, and they mm. fucking haven't, bastards. Anyway, right, we're getting off topic there. So uh, we're getting all political. Um, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so so Boris Johnson was associated with this bus, this this big fat lie of a bus. So by doing this ridiculous and bizarre interview. If you put it, the, the theory is that if you put in Boris Johnson bus into Google, it would then come up with the interview rather than the lie. Mm. And I think this is where I'm bringing it back round. I think having the TV series, a comedy TV series called Space Force, mm. is a way of again. If you put Space Force into Google, you're more likely to come up with the TV series rather than the. Government program. Mm. And I wonder how much... That's my it, theory, anyway. Yeah, I wonder how much it was a government program, because what I remember about the Cold War, in which I, I heroically fought from behind a desk, um, was that armaments companies, weapon, arm, arms manufacturers, could come up with some kind of weapon system um, which would cost a huge amount of money, and governments... With, with the face-off between East and West, governments were just forced that, well, we have to have it. This is weapons technology that we haven't got. Whatever it costs, we got to have it. So they would buy it. And then the next thing that uh, an arms manufacturer will come up with will be a defence against it. Um, and it, it got all very commercial. I remember during the Falklands War that um, the, the British task force sailed down to Las Malvinas, the, the Falklands, Um and one of the, the biggest hazards they were facing was um, armaments that had been sold to Argentina by the French, which was Exocet missiles, which could either be launched from French-built Super Entente bomber bombers or just launched from a truck from the shore or, or fired from a ship, or whatever. But these were sea-skimming missiles against which um, the Royal Navy had no defence, no, no decent defence. Now, there was a defence system on the market I think it was a Dutch-built system based on mini, you know, these very, very fast-firing Gatling gun-type machine guns, uh, radar-guided, that would... Basically, it would shoot at the missile, and then as the missile broke up, it would then focus on the biggest chunk and fire at that, and then the next biggest chunk and fire at that, and it would just keep um, attacking the largest chunk in the air to, to make sure that nothing substantial got near the ship. But the Brits didn't have it because we didn't want to buy the Dutch system. We want to build our own and create British jobs and, and whatever. And, mm. yes, see seafarers' lives were a secondary consideration to that. That That is the commercial nature of the arms race. So I can imagine maybe an arms manufacturer put the idea to Donald Trump, yeah, we can supply you with weapons platforms that would be orbiting in space that the Russians and the Chinese wouldn't be able to intercept uh, because you'd be able to shoot them down long before they got anywhere near you, because you'd be shooting downwards and have an advantage. They'd have to shoot upwards through the atmosphere. And um, I wonder if he just blurted out. They, they do say Donald Trump is his own worst enemy, and his lawyers are currently, their biggest struggle is to keep him away from any kind of microphone <laughs> with which he'll incriminate himself, and, and yeah, he would just blurt out anything. So I do wonder if that was some, an idea that had been suggested, and he just thought, this is a vote winner. This is a, a crowd pleaser. Well, I'm guessing that you mentioned Space Force in the first place as the um, as the idea that maybe it was a defence against extraterrestrials. Um, either a defence against extraterrestrials or our intention to kind of join the Galactic Federation and form an alliance with extraterrestrials. I think um, if we were going to join 
a a an, a galactic community, we'd have to have to imagine where. Do you know what? I mean, we're into disclosure now as a as a, t- a topic, but mm. we're we're so far down the route of disclosure, and and so many people. I think I've mentioned this before on the show. So many people, particularly on UFO Twitter, mm. um, or Twitter UFO, yeah, UFO Twitter. Sorry. Um, so many people look at disclosure as like a real binary thing. Either it's happened or it hasn't. Well, mm. no, it's a it's it's a step process. It's uh it's something that happens over a long period of time. Mm. Um, and given that the Pentagon are releasing videos of vehicles, you know that that can't be explained, and they're saying we can't explain them. Mm. We're a long way down the disclosure route already. So yeah, I was about to dismiss. Um, the idea of joining a, a galactic community because we've not got disclosure, but actually I'm I'm correcting myself here. No, we actually are on the way. So yeah, quite possibly we're being prepared for inclusion in the galactic community. Are we given that our space capabilities are basically yeah we could get to the moon, but it would bankrupt us if we tried to do that again. We can we can put objects in orbit, or we can send unmanned probes into deep space. And that's about it. We can land on Mars. We can put robots on Mars. I don't think. I don't think that's entirely the case. Now, this is where we get where, where we sort of part ways and go. Yeah, I mean, we're hardly Star Trek, aren't we? Putting a robot on because Mars is, is, is yeah, it's a phenomenal advance. It's something my grandparents could never have imagined. But um, it's not Star Trek, is it? Or Star Wars? Well, I believe that we have access to the technologies that would enable these things to be much easier. However, making those technologies public would mean, actually, no, we don't need oil, we don't need gas, mm. we don't need you know your fossil fuels at all, uh, because the amount of energy required in order to do these things would make the whole fossil fuel industry is completely obsolete overnight mm. and there's too much money involved um basically fossil fuel companies own the governments of the world certainly here in the UK and in America I believe it's the case mm. as well um so they're not going to allow that kind of technology to be made public because they'd lose a lot of money well they they would always um suppress any kind of technology that didn't that didn't suit their aims. I mean, um, so wind power, they, they will always talk down things like wind power, solar power, tidal power, that kind of thing. They, mm-hmm. they will always say, oh, well, it, it doesn't produce much power at all. You'll actually use up more fossil fuel power building it than it will actually generate. But, you know, they, they have a vested interest in saying that. that which, which we now know to be bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. But, we know uh, that. You know. Yes. Yes, they did. certainly. I remember them saying this, and they'd talk about, "Oh, look, it's this wind farm's an eyesore." And I remember mm. when I was living down in Cornwall, which, um, for our overseas listeners, is a very, very rural part of of the country. Um, and yeah, we there was a wind farm that went up. I'm going back twenty years or over mm. twenty years now, um, back in the late nineties. And yeah, there, there was a wind farm that went up, and yeah, I mean, my father, who is staunchly right wing, mm. uh, it's a, it's an ice or it's an ice or. I remember saying it. Actually, I really like seeing it. It's you know, mm. it's a testament to, um, to to progress and to, you know, harnessing natural resources. Would you in, would in you a, rather would you rather see a coal fired power station there? Uh, Belching well, out. Would you rather have smog in St. Ives? As my father was, um, before he retired, uh, the head of purchasing and contracts for British coal, probably yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably, so, so, you know, there's a guy who's yeah, not, not just his own right-wing views, but also a vested interest. His, his I mean, career is actually based on 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 the, the old fossil fuels. And, and I know that, yeah, however much we can generate our electricity from renewable sources we can't put a rocket in orbit using renewable energy that's that's uh, the, as as the, what's generally known you know, unless we have harnessed technologies that that um 
that have been kept from us is fossil fuels, man. Fossil fuels, man, isn't it? It's, it's got to be something refined from oil or Not alcohol. Unless yes. there are gravity technologies out there. Or, yeah, that's the same things we don't I mean, know about. But yeah, at the moment, when they exactly. put a rocket in space, it's fossil fuels. That's the only thing that can get it up there. I mean, publicly, we still don't actually understand what gravity is. Mm. We don't understand how it works or why it works. We just know that it does, and we can measure it and, and all the rest of it. But as to actually explaining it, mm. no, it, we, we, we can't give an explanation for gravity, which I find fascinating. And, and also, it has to, it's, it has to be um, the... the the power the gravity the power of gravity if you can call it that has to be a very very specific number to several you know correct to several decimal places if you're one ten thousandth out um either way if if gravity is too light the universe won't hold together it will just and if it's if it's a ten you know a thousandth of a decimal point um I'm, too heavy then the, the, the whole that. universe will, will Will collapse. I think there's, there's something else called the cosmological constant, which has ah. to be correct to 21 decimal places. You know, it's, it's the stuff, gravity and, and cosmological constant and probably other forces are things that actually hold the universe together, as yes, we understand the, it. The cosmological constant, yes, uh, that is a thing I'm, I've, hmm. I've, I've, I'm familiar with, and I know that's got to be say. But gravity itself hmm. is variable. It's variable on this planet. Mm. The higher you go up a mountain, the lower the gravity is. Mm. It's, is it? It's not always one. Yeah, it's not always one. If you go below sea, it's one at sea level. Mm. If you if you climb a mountain, it's below one. You go to Mars or the Moon, the gravity is less than one. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, oh. but the cosmological constant, yeah, I think it's got to be one at a certain point under certain mm. conditions, and that, I think that's where the cosmological yeah. constant comes in. When you change those conditions, of course, it changes the the number. Mm. And of um, course, old, anyway, in, old, old, old Newtonian <laughs> physics, you know, gravity is understood as a force, and Newtonian physics it, it gives you a good sort of mechanical understanding of how the world works you know, every for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction that that kind of thing what goes up must come down but i think there's einstein said no gravity isn't that it's a it's a curve in the space-time continuum which is a real mind fuck for someone like me who doesn't even understand what that means <laughs> I, could just, I could just parrot it but yeah but that's just a theory i mean Relativity is a theory, but mm. you know it, it, it kind of it works. It's a work a, a theory, theory with practical applications, yeah, very real applications. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, and that, anyway, let's let's come back on to um, what what over all the episodes we've done ever since the beginning. I want to know what what's been your highlight. What stands out in your mind from everything we've talked about? Um, that's put you on the spot, hasn't it? <laughs> it really has. Yeah, you'd have thought I'd have given that some thought before we came onto this uh, came onto this program. But um, I didn't prep you on this. On, on you, no, <laughs> no, and it's it, it's it's hard to say. There have been so many strange encounters that people haven't been able to to rationalise or explain away. Um, people losing time. People thinking only a small amount of time has passed and finding several days have passed. Mm -hmm. That Several incidents to do with that. UFOs that people have seen with the naked eye that haven't appeared on any radar, which also smacks of government cover-up, you know, all their radar. Oh, no, we didn't see anything on our radar. Mm. Pilots report. Um, I think the fact that a lot of... A lot of these things are spotted by military people, and of course they would be because it's military people who are in the skies who who are responsible for air defence. They're going to see anything. They're going to want to investigate anything that that they don't think should be there. It's, I mean, it's certainly come to me that you know, someone says, "I don't believe in UFOs." Well, that's not really understanding the question because you you don't believe that there could be something in the sky and you don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, what they of course, mean is of course they don't there believe is in flying saucers. We don't believe in flying saucers, yeah. They don't want to say flying saucers because flying saucers is just the old-fashioned term for UFOs or UAPs. But UAPs is just um, it's 
again, I think it's it's the US military, isn't it, who, who pioneered that term. And it's really a term to mean we don't know what it was and we don't even know if it was actually an object. It was something you could see in the sky. But it could be a falling object. I mean, you wouldn't say a cloud flies. Um, no, but something like... That doesn't happen. No. Um, it hangs yeah. in the air. Yeah, so it's 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 an aerial phenomenon. It's not a flying yeah. flying object. It's not an object, and it's not flying like yes. the aurora borealis or, or the lights that appear in the sky. Apparently, when quartz is compressed at at a great pressure at very deep levels, apparently causes lights in the sky. That's I remember reading. No, that was one thing that struck me that um, how lights in the sky were seen just before the um, the Boxing Day tsunami in. When was it? Two thousand and five, and someone did say that they had noticed that when when quartz, deep buried quartz, is put under pressure by tectonic activity, that lights appear in the sky for some reason. Mm. Which could be, could be seen as, which could be interpreted as UFOs correcting a wobble on our planet's uh, orbit mm. or rotation. It's theorised, indeed. Well, I mean, for me, when I when I think about all the various episodes we've done, one of the most absolutely compelling cases, I'm, I'm drawn to the witness accounts mm. of, of UFO encounters. That That's really what I'm drawn to. Um, Travis Walton mm. and that, that whole, his, his encounter, poof, that's a, that's a big one. That's a real, mm. Um, really compelling tale. Um, and it's got everything. It's got a large number of witnesses or a relatively large number of witnesses because there was him and his mates. Um, mm. It's got alien abduction. It's got lost time. It's got him turning up in a totally different place. Mm. Um, yeah. There's some really, really bizarre it's got, things. got all the ingredients. It, it really does. So, yeah. um, and of course, you've had the massive, like the attempts at debunking over the years that have failed miserably. You've had all the various polygraph tests mm. um, or lie detectors. They're not lie detectors, but you know. But they might as well be called that because that's what they're understood to be. That when someone stands well. up in court and, and they say, Well, I passed a, um, a polygraph test, what they're saying is, I passed a lie detector test, and which proved that I was telling the truth. Well, legally, um, a polygraph test doesn't count in a court of law. Certainly not mm. here in the UK. It doesn't count for anything in the in the UK. They're not used, are they? Polygraphs, except by. I mean, they're, yes, they they are. Oh, yeah, they're definitely used. Who I mean, by Jeremy Kyle show? I mean, that's no longer. Oh, going. No, yeah. Actually, I tell I tell you who else uses them. Uses something that's very similar to a polygraph, and that's the Church of Scientology. They, oh, they, E-meters. Is it called an E-meter? Yeah. E-meters, think... yes, yes. Uh, where they read your thetan levels. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's where polygraphs belong. It, it is in, in the world of, of quackery, and it, I find it astonishing well, that, um, that no, American were... government agencies like the FBI would... Would use these things. They are a real. I mean, all polygraph means is that it measures multiple things anyway. Mm. Um, but a a proper polygraph test it measures perspiration, heart rate, um, pupil dilation. I think is in there now. It never used to be. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, that, that's the that's the science twitching. of it. But yes. then the, the, you you need someone to say what this all means. Yes, and um, and all you can talk about with that is likelihoods. Yes, it is very likely that this person is like, and that, yeah. that's why they do um, uh, control questions. You know, they'll say, like, "And is your name Neil?" So they mm. know what it looks like when you're telling the truth. He, and they, he I mean, was, they uh, don't just do that as a control question. They do like quite a number of control <clears throat> questions. But reverting yeah. to my role as debunker, I, I think. Um, they're, they're about as useful as reading someone's horoscope. You know, there's the scientific element to the horoscope that, yeah, we know when you were born, we can work that out. Um, 
But then the interpretation bit saying, well, because you were born between these dates, this is going to happen to you tomorrow. Um, no, that's the, I think that's the, that's the, that's where it, it strays beyond the realms of objective science. And I think it's a similar thing with polygraphs. Yeah. You can take all these measurements, perspiration, pupil dilation, heart rate, whatever, but yeah, that's, that's all true. But I think all you can say is that when we got Stu to answer this question about where he was last Thursday night, his heart rate increased from this rate to this rate. Read into that what you will. Well, Pretty much, but there, there is also the um, the science behind the psychology of it, and there mm. are certain physiological changes that happen, generally speaking, when we lie. Mm. Um, I mean, as an actor, I would have thought you'd be well on board, but because we know to control that sort of... We need to be aware of our... Um, our physiology when, you know, is our character supposed to be lying? Well, how does a lying person act? What what gives them away? Um, we have to be aware of that as actors. Yeah, and I think it's it's different when you're acting. And, and a more extreme version of that was when I was doing role play work for the military, training mm-hmm. their interrogators and their source handlers and whatever. And you could be in your character, you're under pressure from someone who's really sort of laying into you. But you know that it's not real. You know that you're not going to get carted off to Guantanamo Bay, that, you know, in, in, in five minutes' time, the instructor's going to say, yep, that's enough, thanks very much, and you'll go back to the green room. Um, I, I think lying as a, or lying to find the greater truth, in inhabiting a fictional character, whatever you say, you know, this, this reality that you've been told to say or that you've been told to make up, the stakes are much, much lower because you're just playing a character. No one's ever going to call you a liar. Your reputation isn't on the line. Your liberty isn't on the line. Um, as um, um, in, in a way that it would be if you were really being interrogated by the police or the military over something that yes. really happened. Yes. Although I do acting jobs where that's a real potential outcome as yeah, well. Yeah, it's a... Oh, yeah, I, I've mentioned to you in the past about the uh, security job. Uh, they're we not security, really but they're... Talk too much about that, yeah. probably, but... Um, no, yeah, no. But, but yes, some jobs some jobs I do. Um, whilst I'm not committing any crimes, arrest is a potential outcome, yes. Mm. Um, I wouldn't ever get... It would never stick, but because of the nature of what I'm doing, but no, I could get hauled away by the police. Yeah. yeah, especially if I forgot the uh, code names and things like that. <laughs> well, even worse, I mean, we used to do training exercises where we'd meet up at Luton Airport and Luton, for our, our non-British, or maybe even for our British listeners, um, was deemed by the military to be the the second most Islamically radicalized city in the UK after Bradford, and we were conducting these exercises at Luton Airport, and we were doing this, you know, this sort of practice meetup and whatever meeting meeting the source and one of the students who was carrying a loaded pistol tucked into his waistband dropped it dropped it on the floor in a public area oh where there are God. armed police you know that could have had a very nasty outcome mm. yeah oh. or, or, or the woman <laughs> who terrifying. There, there was a, a, a female student who um I don't, actually, I don't know if it was female, but um, somebody went to the toilet and left their pistol, you know, took the pistol out of their waistband and put it on top of the cistern and then left the toilet leaving leaving a loaded pistol on top of the cistern. Oh, my God. That it is... was a bit, a bit embarrassing. That's terrifying. Absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Oh, my goodness. But, but even even that situation, for, for the actor playing the part, it's still not real. You are still... You are still working with a student and you've been told what to say and say this because this will annoy him and don't say that because um, we, we need him to arrive at that 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 information by different means and, and so on. But, yeah, I think, yeah, the a polygraph test, I think however you interpret it, however accurately you can interpretate, interpret the, um, the physiological changes when someone is telling you something, that's going to be greatly affected by what, what the stakes are. I, I absolutely agree, um, and it's not an infallible 
Um, it's not an infallible thing at all. Um, mm. However, when you look at the Travis Walton case, there mm. were half a dozen people who have been repeatedly tested. Mm. Now, they've got like a really good... It's not infallible, but it is a really good rate of success with polygraph tests. Mm. And, but, and to be honest, half a dozen people over several times, no, they, if they were telling lies, it would have shown up. I'm, I think I'm because of the way of that. I'm, I'm probably influenced by the way that polygraph tests are regarded in Britain and the fact that they're only really used uh, by a Church of Scientology and, and such. For their, for their, oh, their no, programming. No, no. There, is, there is an official polygraph um, society in the UK. Okay. but Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I, would, I would separate the, them out from Scientology completely because that's, okay. that's not even a polygraph test. They're but but British testing law electrical British, resistance. Yes. But, but British, what British law us. enforcement interrogating a suspect would never strap them into a, a polygraph test. No, no, we wouldn't. Where, uh, um, that doesn't and, um, mean to say they're not a science. No, they're, let me it say is they're very, not a very science. much a science. Uh, I can see that it's, it's, yeah, there, there is a scientific aspect to it. Um, what I'm talking about is the interpretation, which will, yeah. Uh, I, I, I just, would suggest... Well, British courts aren't convinced by it. I think, I'm not sure how much American courts are convinced by it. Well, but, no, but for they me, just know that they're not infallible. Yeah, all, all I'm saying is that for me... Um, when we're, we're looking at the evidence of someone's UFO encounter, um, the polygraph test result is the least convincing aspect of it for me because of all these okay. issues I have. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, better than nothing is <laughs> what I would say. Um, actually, yeah, I wouldn't even say that. I'd say it could be worse Possibly. than nothing. It could, it, could, <laughs> it could totally send you off on, on the wrong path. Like a clock that doesn't tell the right time, you know, it's be- better to have no clock. A, a broken clock always tells the right time twice a day, anyway. Yeah, but you know, I was nearly late for this session because I was I was doing something in the kitchen and the clock was wrong. And I think it's one of these ones where <laughs> once the battery starts to wear down, I, I, I thought with modern clocks, once the battery the battery would it would keep telling the right time until it stopped. That it wouldn't go through this period that clocks used to go through, where they would start running Wind slow. Down. Yeah, <laughs> D- <laughs> depends how old the clock is, I suppose. Yeah, not a digital one, obviously. No, <laughs> no, it's mechanical. But... Right. Well, on that note, um, anyway, I think that's uh, that's a good place to leave it for today. But do you know what? I'd be really keen. Uh, for our listeners, you know, we're, we're still going to be picking up emails uh, and what have you. And our Facebook and Twitter, obviously, is still going to be going. I'd be really keen to hear from all of our listeners, what is your highlight so far from everything we've talked about? And I'm going to throw this out there as well. Um, what subjects would you like us to talk about in the future? Because we are saying this is not the end. Mm. Um, we're saying this is just a temporary hiatus. A sabbatical. Are we not? A sabbatical, absolutely. So let us know Let us know what you've really enjoyed, what's been your highlights. Let us know what you've not enjoyed as well. That's always useful to know. Mm. Um, and let us know what you'd like to hear us talking about in the future. Um. In the meantime, we would like to thank each and every one of you uh, for listening to these episodes. Like we say, we started this yeah, as a bit of fun, especially this one. Lockdown. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's been really, it's been a hell of a journey uh, so far. Um, absolutely mm. incredible where this this podcast has got to. So yeah, I feel very very blessed by that. So. Thank you to each of you, and in particular, thank you to each and every one of our patrons as mm. well. Um, that's Anne Williams, Alistair Heedon, uh, Dean Andwani, Israel, Toby Fomes, Jonathan Perner, Vanessa Kim. Uh, thank you, all of you, for helping to support 
uh, this podcast. It's... And a special thank you, of course, to um, Jerry from Wolverhampton, one of our <laughs> yeah. harshest critics, <laughs> who put us on the straight and narrow about Wolverhampton. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. We we appreciate all feedback. Uh, yes, don't we? Uh, yeah. So, of course, you can give us your feedback through email. Uh, by emailing us aliensexplored at gmail.com. You can still find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Aliens Explored as well. Um, and our, our patron members can still keep talking to each other through the Discord. All that stuff is going to keep going. But in the meantime, we shall wish you a... Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, Happy, Happy, all the rest of it. Happy Halloween, because um, that hasn't happened yet at the time Halloween. of recording. But, but. Um, that will have just happened as this goes. Yeah, hope you had a happy, <laughs> happy Halloween. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yes, and uh, we will hopefully, and of course, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Happy 2023. Happy birthday. For anyone whose birthday falls in that time as well and uh, we will look forward to seeing you again at some point in 2023 look forward to it in the meantime keep watching those skies take care for now everybody bye bye Aliens Explored is a Fiegel Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit aliensexplored.com. <laughs>